Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Obviously, as I've talked about a great deal over the last week or so, we're trying to get as many perspectives on what's going on in the Middle East as possible, You know, from academic to journalistic, and, and so we're really glad to have um, Mr. Robert Greenway, uh, the director of the Center for National Defense at the Heritage Foundation here on Bryan & Company. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate um, having you on. And, you know, I kind of want to get right to it since we don't have a ton of time. In your opinion, is this whole thing, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not pr- particularly conspiratorial, but the timing of a lot of things I find very interesting. And I'm, and there's a lot of human lives at stake, so I don't want to make light or, or minimize it at all. But is what the essence is, is that, you know, Saudi Arabia might have signed a deal with, with Israel and, and now it's not going to, and that's really what this is about, or am I off base? No, I think that is a, a significant part of it. I mean, there's a, 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 certainly a desire on Iran's part to prevent Israel from expanding and normalization and developing stronger relations with its neighbors, which is a direct impediment to their goals, which are to dominate the region and the world energy markets, which are the region's principal resource. And in their mind, the United States under the Biden administration has ceased to become an obstacle to that, which has historically been the the principal problem. We've removed ourselves. That leaves only Israel and Israel isolated is in their interest. I don't think the Saudi normalization was the only reason they did it. I think they'd also like to impede the other relationships established under the Abraham Accords. But more importantly, I think they want to um, they want to bleed the resources that Israel has to oppose Iran. And they think getting them engaged in a wide scale regional conflict without the U.S. support and assistance is what will do it to bring them to exhaustion. Yeah, I mean, I just try to figure out the timing of it all. Like, why now? Well, they, they got a window of opportunity they thought they, they thought they would never have. A U.S. administration that not only is now opposing them on the ground and in the region, not supporting Israel to the degree to which we have in the past, but is in fact paying the Iranian regime to do all of this. We are underwriting their entire campaign to the tune of some $80 billion. And that's the difference in revenue between the Trump and the Biden administrations in just the last two years. You mean just allowing them to sell their oil and so on and so forth? If that's so obvious, then why, why would the administration do that? So it's a great question. They've had plenty of chances to reverse course, seeing that it's not working. They're not getting Iran to return to a deeply flawed nuclear deal or even a residual agreement. And now we have a regional conflict. Uh, Look, I think in the end, they're committed to the idea that appeasing Iran 
that paying extortion is a practical path that keeps us from getting involved in the region and keeps a conflict from overblowing and keeps them from developing a nuclear weapon. We're basically bribing them. Unfortunately, the opposite is the case. Yeah, we're talking, this is fascinating, which I'm really trying to look forward here. We're talking with Robert Greenway, Director of Center of National Defense with the Heritage Foundation here in Bryan and Company. So in, in your opinion, based on where we are, what do you think Israel should do moving forward? Look, I think Israel has no choice but to conduct a ground invasion in Gaza and to eliminate Hamas as a, as a terrorist organization. Otherwise, it's just delaying the next time a threat like this is going to happen. The organization's committed to their extermination. You can't live next to people that are committed to that and willing to kill innocent men, women, and children, including now 31 Americans. So, look, I, they have no choice to do it. But this regardless, is, if I could just yeah. interject, Mr. Greenway, because yeah. this is the real question, because public sentiment has already turned you know, against Israel in many parts of the world, as you well know. We don't know who bombed the hospital, but either way, there's a uh, millions of people who believe Israel did it, and that's all that really matters, regardless of what the facts may be. And so it, it just there, there, there are children, women, and babies on both sides here. And your point is that that's that's a cost benefit analysis they need to make, and they need to still do it. Yeah, because I don't see how ceding Gaza in the first place in 2005 was to Israel's advantage. We're, we're experiencing the cost of that now. And look, I understand, uh, but there's an old uh, apocryphal adage uh, for Israelis. It's better to be uh, alive and reviled than dead and respected. <laughs> and you can't live next to people that are committed to your destruction and that are fed by external sources and controlled by external sources, in this case, Tehran. It's just not a sustainable position for them to be in. You can't leave them there. They've got to be eliminated. If you want to know more about Robert Greenway, go to the Heritage, uh, go to heritage.org and, and read his bio. Not only service to the country, but knows um, this region and and foreign policy from top to bottom. And so we're glad to have you on, Mr. Greenway. And I, I'm curious, you know, one thing that's bothered me is the lack of understanding about how the Arab world handles the Palestinians. You know, Egypt and Jordan refuse to take any refugees. Why is that? Well, because they want to keep that problem well, contained within that. I mean, right? I mean, like, why wouldn't they? Twenty tr allowing twenty trucks for aid is like, you know, giving me a donut. I mean, it's nothing compared to the needs humanitarian wise in that area. Like, why are countries like Jordan and Egypt so resistant to actually helping the Palestinian people? Yeah, it's a bad investment. Uh, they've given uh, billions uh, over the years, and they've found that what they've gotten in return from it is criticism and headaches. And so, while there is you know, broad, uh, broad uh, public support between Arabs in the region for the Palestinian cause, the Palestinian people, but they recognize that those people that are nominally in charge and leading the Palestinians uh, have no authority and legitimacy and are working in their own personal interests and not the others. And so they sustain this conflict because it's profitable. And everyone in the region knows it. And also, there are already a lot of Palestinian refugees, particularly in Jordan, and no one wants to import that. And they also know that you can't just get a Palestinian population of refugees. You're going to get terrorists with it. And so no one wants more terrorists in their borders. They already feel they have enough of a security threat. Mm. But they can't take a harder stance against this un unless the United States does. And they can't be more supportive of Israel than the United States is. And that's the problem we're in now. And that's why you're seeing trepidation on the part of everyone, because the United States is not the break on this anymore, on this runaway train. Well, you don't see it as, as now this is the wake-up call? You know, because my next question was really, like, where would Israel be if it didn't have U.S. support? Because they're really surrounded by enemies. Yeah, look, you, you would think this would be enough to get the administration to sort of reverse course and say, 
well, good God, in, in, a, in a, trying to avoid a war, we walked right into one. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. But look, this is the same people that after Afghanistan made no changes to their decision making or personnel. So after that disaster, they failed to reverse course and, in fact, have said ever since that it was the right thing to do and it was done uh, as it should have been done. And so if they didn't recognize that as an error, perhaps I, I don't know what it's going to take for them to recognize yeah. they're an error. I, You know, I listen, I, I have a lot of things I criticize about the previous administration, but I thought that getting more countries to look at it clinically and normalize relations you know, with Israel was a great path to – a, a peaceful outcome. I think it was a creative way to view it, but it didn't address the Palestinian issue nor any possible two-state solution. And I, I'm just curious about, you know, is there anything to this story? You, you've heard all the stuff that's said online and all the pundits on television and on the radio. Like, what is there anything we're missing? Is there anything we're not talking about that we should be? Well, look, how, these problems are connected, right? The problem in Europe with Russia, the problems that we're confronting with China and the Middle East, these, these, these issues are not separate and distinct. They're all related. Russia wants to see higher oil prices and a disruption of the market, and the U.S. sucked into a conflict in the Middle East. China wants uninterrupted flow of energy from the Middle East, and we can't confront that unless we maintain our partnerships, and that gives us strategic leverage. And so we don't need the energy from the region uh, as we once did, but the rest of the world does. And so our interests are irrevocably tied to this. So it's not a conflict without a purpose. It's in our best interest to make sure we don't have a regional conflict because we will feel this uh, most de most definitively if it does. Uh, every American will feel the pain if there's a conflict in the region. But it's also an effective way to proceed against Russia and China. So they're all tied. They're right. all connected. Uh, we got to go. But I mean, what do you I mean, this I, I look at it as a problem that might not have a solution. I mean, is that how you view it? Uh, look, I think it does have a solution. Uh, we managed to prevent war in the region, and we made we made a, you know the first peace between Israel's neighbors in a generation. It can be done. I think, though, we're heading towards regional conflict. And I also think because of what we've done with our open borders that we've allowed the terrorist organizations to expand their infrastructure. So this isn't something we're we're observing. We're participants already. We don't have a choice. I think the sooner we bring this to a conclusion, the better. But we have to confront Iran to do it. Hmm. Um, great to have you on the program. We're, we're lucky to have the insight, Mr. Greenway. Thanks so much. My great pleasure. You have a great day, sir. Uh, you too. You too. Robert Greenway, Director of the Center for National Defense at the Heritage Foundation. Again, bringing perspectives from all sides. And that's what we do here. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.